there's always an opportunity to be a better us for this world. So claim it! It's time to develop me for we. Happy morning! Welcome to Develop Me For We, a personal development podcast where we converse about the difficult realities we face today in the lens of unchanging truth. If this is your first time listening and hearing about this podcast, welcome! I'm Steph Saison, your host, and if you're on YouTube or like Spotify, please like, subscribe, or follow. This would just really help us get this kind of content out there so people can be able to access it. That would really mean a lot. And so today's episode is in line with Mental Health Foundation's Celebration of Mental Health Awareness Week, which is this week, May 18 to 24, 2020. And this year's theme is kindness. So if you've been following along my previous episodes, you're no stranger to me using the terms like how it's so important to um, be kind to yourself and extending that grace that has been given to you to yourself. So as an initial thought, like initial thought upon hearing about like mental health, like people would associate it with self-care. Like that's being kind to yourself. And actually self-care is something that all of us should always do, no matter how dreadful the process would be. So, dreadful, what are you what are you talking about, Steph? How is self-care dreadful? Well, isn't it like bath bombs or chocolate cake or a new video game that you can play all day? Who would even dread these kinds of things? Sadly, this is how self-care is marketed to us. Treating yourself, splurging, and just giving in. It's such a consumeristic perspective that we just need to buy or get something just so that we feel that I care and love myself. I saw this post last year by Brianna Weiss. I'm sorry butchering your name or what, but it's talking about that reality of self-care. She says, a world in which self-care has to be such a trendy topic is a world that is sick. Self-care should not be something we resort to because we are so absolutely exhausted that we need to to have some reprieve from our own relentless internal pressure. So I myself enjoy that occasional cookie or a new top when I'm shopping just to reward myself or care for myself. But the point that we want to get across is this. Don't allow yourself to be in this self-repeating and unsustainable cycle of deprivation and exhaustion and temporal quick fixes that in the long run don't really fix anything actually. So let's just break down that statement that I'm trying to get across. So self-repeating and unsustainable. So that bath bomb, it fizzles away and uh, you'll drain the water at the end. And you go home with a lot of shopping bags, but you get faced with stacks of credit card debt and you hit the bottom of an empty ice cream carton container once you finish it. So it's just all in, out, in, out. There's always a need to spend, to do something, to just so you can treat and take care of yourself. But then, hey, your wallet, your closet, <laughs> your waistline, they just can't take it anymore. And what about deprivation and exhaustion? So these two are actually two extremes. Two extremes of uh, an extreme of lack and an extreme of plenty. Like it's never a balance. It's always us trying to tip the scales towards one extreme and solving it by, okay, jumping to the other one. But that's not <laughs> really helping anything. 
and then temporal like we're so in the moment and it seems like that it's the right choice it feels good but it wears off sometimes it doesn't even feel good like you're so sucked into the moment of just gorging and indulging and then when you pause or when everything's like gone in front of you you realize shucks damn um that didn't help me at all like i still feel empty i remember feeling hungry after trying to stop myself from eating and process like oh it's been weeks i want some sweets or i want some chips and then one day i just like broke and i ate a bag of chips and then i ate so much cookies and then like after gorging out and then i surveyed everything that was in front of me like the crumbs on the floor and like my crummy salted chocolate hands fingers and i just realized what i've done that i've eaten so much yet I still don't feel satiated and full. Like, I felt worse about myself. Like, that's very related to quick fix. So, it's temporal and it's a quick fix. It's sometimes hard to recognize this when we're bombarded with so much, like, notifications in our phone and ads on sales and online shopping that sometimes we pass by convenience stores. Like, it's not necessarily always to our phones, but there's that constant noise. Like telling us that you never have enough or whatever problem that you have, it can easily be solved. We sometimes don't even see things as problems, but rather just opportunities. But there's always just that need that has to be filled. So that constant noise, just telling us and telling that to us everywhere we go. And they make that process so seamless now. Like everything is like connected to your phone like mobile online banking like sometimes i don't even realize i'm making a purchase because i'm just like oh that's nice wish list wish list add the card and then like afterwards whoa i have 50 items in my shopping cart what i am not even gonna buy these things but eventually like you like keeping them there or sometimes you just click confirm and then wow it's done it's so fast like okay it's gonna be shipped tomorrow so it's so easy to get bought into that idea and we don't want to face the reality that self-care can be the ugliest thing we actually have to do that it's often the least thing that we want to do like for example you want you have to sweat sweat and sometimes you feel like dying in a 20-minute hit or you need to have that kind of difficult conversation to end a toxic relationship a friend or you need to open an Excel spreadsheet to just like sit down and find an account for all your expenses and plan out your budget for the succeeding months. Like these things, we don't like doing these things. We dread these things. But we it's because we don't like the idea of delayed gratification because it's like self-denial. And that's the complete opposite of what's marketed to us as self-care. We're told that we can get kindness that we need now and amid our cramped schedules and everything that we have going on in our lives like there are easy solutions and it sounds so simple yet it causes more complexity and confusion but true self-care is as Louise puts it no longer using your hectic and unreasonable life as justification for self-sabotage it is learning how to stop trying to fix yourself and start trying to take care of yourself so that's really true kindness like stop having those temporal quick fixes 
if you haven't listened to episode six on how we self-sabotage ourselves through that fear of failure and fear of success, I invite you to visit that or even revisit that because we just really need to constantly remind ourselves of these things so that we won't be defeated by this internal resistance that we have for what's really good to us because we don't like change. We don't like unfamiliar things. So we just need to con- constantly like preach and remind that to ourselves. So let's just stop being the victim of our own lives by our own doing. We just sometimes let life happen to us. Like we don't show up for our lives anymore. We just continue to live each day and just let it pass. And we don't realize that we're already in that cycle of deprivation and exhaustion. So I just really hope that you guys don't allow yourselves to fade into the background of your own life story as like unnamed character number three or what. So first steps to end that cycle is, of course, to make the time to take the time. As I said, it's going to require you to face the ugly, the boring, the dreadful things that you've been avoiding. (laughs) So episode three, we did a time inventory for this. So it's a good first step for you to be able to survey where all your time is going. Like take control of at least your time. Like don't let yourself just be um, like consumed by, for example, Netflix. Before I would I would think that I just spent like two hours, one hour a day just watching Netflix and then there was one particular season of my life that I would just binge and binge on Netflix and I realized that my gosh half my day was just me watching Netflix or YouTube because even if it was in the background, it was distracting me from everything I was doing and it was really just consuming my time. Uh, honestly, I really thought it wasn't. So this is way easier to start up because most of us are still working from home or studying from home. So there's not much external disruptions yet. So at least it's good to survey what you have now. So in different seasons of your life, you can do this several times so that you are able to step back and see a big picture of your um, time and your schedule. And another thing that I want to refer you guys to is episode 13 on how to create and stick to your goals. So this would help you bounce back and admit that mm, being busy and being tired are sometimes just excuses for us and synonyms to lazy and avoiding. So this is just a slow and steady process, but I just want you all to take it one step at a time, okay? So these are just the first steps and we covered them in the previous episodes so that you can slowly transition to bigger changes. So it's really, um accepting this um, truth so that we'd be able to transform our lives based on that. So it's it won't just take place in like one episode, okay? It's going to be so info overload and so overwhelming. And you'd be like, mm, nope, I don't want to do this anymore. It takes so much time and it takes so much effort. So just take it slowly, steady, but at least we're still going in the right direction. So identify again your priorities and your targets first so that you can proceed with clear intention toward your direction so from there we can build our lives into something we don't need to constantly escape from and temporarily forget so just establish a routine and just cultivate an environment for sustainable growth and true self-care so this is why we need to set up systems in our lives to work for us, not work us. 
So if you realize that you're picking off leftovers of your income to like go to your savings, maybe you can use an app that auto saves a certain amount per month so you don't need to even think about touching it for spending. So you can act like, oh, instead of having 30k for my uh, my salary, I just imagine that it's 20k because I'll automatically save up 10k. Or if you constantly go on binging episodes for food, maybe don't buy those foods that trigger you or just consume you entirely. Or maybe do intermittent fasting to set a scheduled time for eating. So there's so many ways for you to set up these kinds of systems into your lifestyle. So you really need to be honest with yourself as to what you really need to work on. So who is you? Like, no one else would really know everything that's going in your mind and your heart. It's gonna take time to sit down and set these things up. But again, it's gonna be worth it in the long run. No to temporal fixes. So, delayed gratification. Woo! <laughs> so, habits are great. But, of course, without these kinds of systems, we can get easily triggered to self-sabotage. That's why I'm, uh, I go big for systems. Having so many systems in my life. So, I don't have to think about certain things because they um, constantly are there to help me support the habits that I already have. So I remember just thinking of before, like availing a gym membership was my system that, oh, that would work for me in staying healthy. But going to the gym was a habit, so not really a system. It worked me because I would find excuses not to go or I'd be caught up in work and I'd just be too tired to go. But having a system of, for example, my goal is health, right? So it wasn't actually the gym. It wasn't that as my system. My system for that health, that help, was actually meal prepping. So meal prepping, healthy meals at the start of the week really ensured that I wouldn't just plummet down that spiral of guilt of, oh, I wasted money on my gym membership. I'm not using it for two weeks now. Or like continue, continue in that um, thought that okay I'm not taking charge of my health what's happening so I had that kind of system already in place that sometimes I go autopilot on so this is not you being mindless but because you mindfully choose the systems that you set in place so this just really ensured that I get to meet my goals and I'm always headed towards the direction that I want to be headed so head to your direction with a lot of intention and mindfulness so this actually also helped helped me get back into rhythm because I didn't feel so sluggish and I didn't feel like I'm so unhealthy. You know that feeling that oh, you've been bumming for so long that oh, it's so hard to go to the gym so I'll just skip it entirely because you're just avoiding it. So this just really helped me get back into the rhythm because my body still felt good. It still felt light. So I was able to continue to function and adding those habits because I have that healthy system in place. And another example could be like journaling. I remember so many times where I'm, I'm traveling or I'm in a different office and I want to have my notebook. So I'm, I used to have these excuses that no, I want to be able to have my notebook. I want to be able to have my special highlighter and pen or else it won't be conducive for me. I won't enjoy my quiet time or my journaling time as much. But you don't need to have that notebook to verbalize stuff any of what i think and feel i can still do it some other way so good thing i have this system where uh when i'm in the car 
I my radio is automatically turned off, so I wouldn't just um get so sucked into everything while the radio is blaring, music or anything at all. So that system that I have in terms of having my car time as quiet time, thinking time, ensured that I would sometimes even turn on the recorder and I would be able to just have time, that quiet time all to myself and actually also with God so that I'd be able to process my day, process my thoughts and process my emotions. So you can really see the progression from what I've been sharing to you guys that you know the truth and then you admit to yourself that okay, I need to apply this truth to my life no matter how hard and then creating clarity as to how your life would look like too. So how would that look applied in your life? And ensuring that once that's applied, that is sustained. So practical tips on how to create a climate of growth because like for example, you have your you go into a training and then you go back to your office saying, Hey, I have all this training, I know all these great things, but then uh sayang, sayang, you weren't able to use everything you applied because the environment that you were in doesn't change. So it's better to be able to have that kind of environment to cultivate that kind of growth that encourages that kind of growth. So just remember that. <laughs> so practical tips on how you can create a climate of growth. So a setting up and packing up routine or ritual is actually something that I appreciated when I went to the office. So laying out every single thing that I would need and there's no unnecessary clutter to distract me. Like no overwhelming amount of objects that would make me feel overwhelmed with whatever I already have in front of me in terms of my task. So it is literally common because you take control, literally take control of what is in front of you. And packing up, sometimes it's it seems very therapeutic because it's very calming that you can just um, have that physical action of um, manifesting how you take control of what's happening and what you set on your plate. And aside from that, of course, <laughs> rallying up physical notebook or journaling. So jot down all those ideas that linger in your mind. Like sometimes I have these things that I thought I already was able to process in prayer or like in my car, but sometimes just jotting them down because it's not just like one paragraph. I'm not sure if everyone's like this. Like sometimes you have to doodle it. Sometimes like I connect it, like, okay, it's connected to this. And then I scratch it off and then like maybe I draw because sometimes it's so hard to verbalize, but having those kinds of ideas linger in my mind um, just really distracts me for the rest of the day. So sometimes, just putting them on paper, especially if you can't just handle it right now. That's why it keeps on lingering because you don't want to accommodate it. So it would be nice to put it on paper so that you can get back to it. And you can really care for yourself because you are able to process all those thoughts and emotions that you would have. So you don't get to completely throw, throw yourself into that journey of caring for yourself. I'm reminded by the parable of the sower when it comes to just cultivating that environment so that we can be grounded and effective. So parables were used by Jesus to communicate a moral or spiritual lesson through a story. 
So he uses this particular um, parable. He illustrates it in a way that his audience would really understand and relate to till farming. So let me read Matthew 13 verses 1 to 9. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in a parable, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. So there, as you can see, there are four types of soil. So like the hard or the one along the path, rocky, shallow, thorny, and good. So the hard soil didn't even get to penetrate through the soil. So it was easily devoured by all the birds and everything around it. And then the rocky didn't have much soil to begin with, right? So the roots didn't have much to hold on to since it was shallow. So it eventually like shriveled up, got scorched and died. And then the thorny made the plant get so entangled and got choked up by everything around them and they didn't grow also, so bye. <laughs> And then the last one is good soil. So because it was able to like really receive those seeds well and produce grain from it. So, so much grain from it. This parable was explained in later verses, verses 18 to 23. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown along the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown, on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, 100, in another, 60, and in another, 30. So, uh, we understand that these do not just represent the environments that we cultivate around us, but the condition of our heart. The ones that were sown along the path just heard the truth, but didn't attempt to accept or, or understand it. So, okay, this is what true self-care and kindness is, but uh, the heart was closed, uh, closed off, hard, unwilling for that good change and growth because we were thinking, eh, not, not for me or maybe next time. So, sayang, the truth was, ju was just snatched away. As for the rocky ground, okay, you receive the truth and then there's growth, but the environment didn't have that clear direction and those sturdy systems to have enough soil to move down those goals, routine, and just that life on. So tries to endure for a while, but when difficulty of life strikes, it stumbles and falls away. As for the one among the thorns, the third one, it also has truth. Okay, 
so accepts it, but it gets so distracted by so many things, different cares and different worries of life, different priorities. So chasing after those wrong things that would give you satisfaction, but those efforts remain unfruitful. So it gets overwhelmed and chokes by everything, by those wrong priorities, by setting those kind of goals and habits. And the last one is on good soil, because from this, the truth, it is able to like make the time to take the time to understand it, and it continued to abide, it continued to grow, and it bore fruit. So Charles Swindle in Searching the Scriptures explains the difference of wisdom, insight, and understanding. So here it says understand it. So what what's the difference? Like, if you're wise, okay, is there like a difference as to you understanding something? So wisdom, that is the ability that we are able to look at life as God looks at life. Okay, so that's how that's why it's so important that we read His uh, word, we read the scripture, so that we can see it as how He sees it in His big picture, God-like way of seeing things. And then as for insight, it's the ability for us to see through life circumstances. So wisdom, and then seeing that now in the context of life, okay, I get it. <laughs> and then lastly, for understanding, it's that ability to respond correctly. So okay, from that wisdom, you have insight, I see it, I understand it, and now I can respond correctly because I truly understand it. I can truly understand it that I can apply it in my life. So it's really that process to process truth. So it requires depth, it requires understanding and time. So if you remember someone we covered that previously, that man was blessed because he delighted in God's laws. And how did he delight in those? It's because he meditated on it day and night. And because of that, he was rooted to the source, he didn't wither, and he bore fruit in season. So very similar to that. And also to Psalm 119 verse 18, it says, Open my eyes to see your wonderful truths. So that heart was just open to receive his truth and turn it to wisdom to see how life, um, how God rather sees life. And so that you can be able to go through all those difficult circumstances by responding to them in the best way that you can through how God would respond to it. So ask yourself what environment you're currently in and more importantly, what condition your heart is. Is that why all these like self-care hacks don't seem to be working? Because it was always on like shallow, rocky soil. Or maybe you do have these good habits in place, but you let yourself get too distracted that you got too overwhelmed and you had the wrong kinds of priorities that distracted you from the truth. and. Eventually, you live like you never knew the truth at all. So we take a lot of like self-help, personal development as a way to improve ourselves. But if we're in that rocky or thorny condition of the heart, it will soon shrivel away. So this is why we need to put off our old selves, that false selves, um, our former way of life, and be renewed, as Ephesians 4 puts it. We can't develop something rotten or shaky to begin with. Like ponder on 1 Corinthians 5. Um, it says here, Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Like get rid of the old yeast so that you may 
be a new unleavened batch as you really are so you can be lazy and think that ah, i'll just tweak this part of my life and let that other part like eh, continue and just turn a blind eye to it but it's really gonna reveal itself like all those things like it's gonna manifest in your life you can't hide all those things forever that bread is gonna rise with that little kind of yeast and you thought you could get away with it but you can't we're all confronted with this truth and reality but not all of us want to accept it and we just continue to follow and believe that so I just really do hope that you extend to yourself that true self-care and kindness that you need by having good soil in terms of the environment and your heart to accept that seed of truth. Like don't self-sabotage yourself by setting, settling for like shallow for now or get entangled by thorns. This parable doesn't just really work for our episode on self-care and kindness because ultimately this parable is telling us about the good news that what Christ has done for us. Jesus came here to make us new, not better. Let's remember that we're all imperfect human beings, myself included. Like we make mistakes, we're prideful, we're selfish, even if we deny it, okay? Like deep inside, like we know that, okay, I do some good things for others and sometimes I have these ulterior motives and like we try to do good things, we try to make a positive impact and have a great attitude. But these things, they come from like a heart that's rotten, soil that's rotten, soil that's thorny or rocky. And if it's not renewed, all of these things, they're just all tainted. Like they're all gonna get shriveled. And we just really don't like talking about sin because it seems so ugly and it seems so scary. We'd rather talk about the good things. So very similar to self-care. Like we only just talk about the good side of things. But that's not the whole picture. There's a beautiful and ugly side to it. And the ugly is actually, it actually helps you appreciate that beautiful side of it. Yeah, we don't like talking about sin. We like talking about good things. And we just want to talk about all those blessings that we get to reap like comfort from Christ. But this is the reality of sin, okay? And this is what it does to us and what it does to our lives and the people around us. Like, we can deny and turn a blind eye, but the consequences are being lived. But again, that's not the end. Like, we don't end in that kind of note because Christ always comes with hope. So we can still root ourselves to the true source and find our identity and worth from Him alone. So be true to who you are and who you're made to be. What am I made to be? Made to be. So just align your direction, your intentions, and your system to who he is. This is true kindness to yourself. You'll see what happens to your life when you do. Now ask yourself these questions and make an effort to reflect and answer. First, what kind of soil have I been nursing my seeds of truth on self-care and kindness in? Have I bought into that temporal escapist package of what self-care really is? And then second, how is God telling me to respond and change? So just really make sure to follow through to your response, especially to number two, okay? It's going to be tough. It's going to seem like uh, it's a self-denial to myself. But remember, the bigger picture and the true goal. So this is real self-care and kindness. So I pray you all take the time to make the time to answer these critical questions. Again, don't forget to subscribe and follow and share with your friends. So 
again don't forget to make the time to take the time happy morning <laughs>